0: Hey wonderful people, welcome to my channel Rahu Ketu study part 7 I think we are on So Rahu Ketu, this one is falling from Shauna to Ashlesha and Pushya That means we are talking about Cancer and Capricorn Yeah. This one will figure predominantly in people who are born around May 1990 I have put up the chart here or December of 2008 Both of them will be falling in this. Now, before we get into what this means, Rahu Ketu, one more point I want to to consider when even evaluating the previous ones. When does Rahu Ketu dominate a chart? Okay. Rahu Ketu is in everybody's chart, but in some cases it tends to dominate. Now, which cases does it tend to dominate? Remember the cusp of the ascendant. The Ascendant angle, if Rahu Ketu is the next closest to the cusp of the Ascendant, then it will dominate very strongly within the dispositors. The tendency of that human being will be dominated by the Rahu Ketu axis and their dispositors. Also if it is in house number 1 and 7 and obviously close to the Ascendant. So consider these aspects when you are evaluating rahu and ketu may not be very dominant if rahu ketu is very far away from the cusp of the ascendant it may be there as a as a desire as a form as a drive but it is not overpowering the individual you see what i'm saying it becomes more overpowering the energy of rahu and ketu if it's close to the cusp of the ascendant now if you have been watching the previous series you can skip the introduction to rahu and ketu which will follow after this And then the main pie chart, where we shall evaluate what this Rahu in Shravana and Ketu, which goes between Pushya and Ashlesha, mean. Okay, Cancer and Capricorn, classical. So let's get into it. So, number one, the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, what is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon. Found by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun so basically if you take two eclipses ellipses it will form two intersection points yeah so these two intersection points are called the north node and the south node they are virtual nodes although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute so who is rahu The symbols are there, like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe, right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology, so I am using the same symbol here. Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only not the body okay so it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing since it has no arms or body or stomach just a head which is alive this gives Rahu the title of bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits so think any earth sign for example they want sensory materialistic pursuits or think any of the signs literally whatever they are after Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything this is an energy in us by the way it is not a planet it's a virtual node but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything, even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Rahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things, not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severe body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant endless, insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, but it doesn't have a head, so it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego, is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab onto everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands ketu has got hands it's trying to hold on to everything but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head it's like trying to grasp onto everything thinking oh i want this or i am this i am that i am this not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life walking from place to place, people, situation, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Mokshakaraka. Now this is the classical interpretation, okay? Now we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert So was excellent book. I have put it in a community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. Okay, the North Node of the Moon, Rahu. What does it become? Because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts. What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay think of it as something foreign to the culture to the way you are taught things looking for original stuff if there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that keep modernizing so to speak thinking out of the box it is this that's why it's important to pay attention to this okay back to this so rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion escapism neurosis psychosis deception Addiction, vagueness, illusion, and del- delusion. This is the downside. Now, how this plays out and why we we'll have to see individually in the charts, which we shall see that. Okay, Ketu. the guy with only the body, no head there, is gives us the feeling of universality, impressionability, idealism, intuition, compassion, spirituality, self-sacrifice, subtleness. On the positive side. On the downside, it can lead to eccentricity, fanaticism, explosiveness, violence, unconventionality, amorality, iconoclasm, impulsiveness, and emotional tensions. This is on the downside. This is what it plays out, and Rahu Ketu is typically an axis, like it is shown over there, right? Rahu Ketu, let me remove myself for the time being from that axis. Okay, there you are. So you see it as an axis okay 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses it can play out in 4-10, etc etc we will see that later but this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life in your different houses are you looking for these two aspects and they are always opposite to each other as you can see Rahu, Ketu stand opposite to each other. So if it plays out in 2nd house, it detaches itself from the 8th house. If Rahu is in 2nd house, Ketu will be in the 8th house. You see what I mean? And so you will bring the 8th house aspect with these aspects shown here. 2nd house with that aspect shown over there. Of course, it plays out with something called as dispositors. We shall see that next. Now, if you go to a traditional Vedic Astrology, they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors. What the hell is a dispositor? It's an invented term by the Vedic astrologers. It has no meaning of its own. It shows the disposition and what's the story on this? Rahu and Ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon. This is the basic principle. So, it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect. The solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics in the ball game of Rahu and Ketu. Okay? The solar or the dispositor means, since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own, remember it's a virtual node, it is not a planet, they both do not have any planetary characteristic individually. So they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in. Suppose Mercury is in the third house, okay, and Rahu sits in the house of Mercury somewhere else. So it will borrow the attributes of Mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house, wherever Rahu is sitting in. Got it? Nakshatras. Since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own, Individually, they take on the shade of personality. Nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality. It's colouring of a personality. It's seeing the world through different coloured glasses. That they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which colour their propensities. So, Rahu and Ketu do two things at the same time. At the solar level, it goes with the dispositor. That is all of the planets, physical planets. Mercury, Mars, Venus, Sun, Moon so on. So they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting. If it sits in Rahu, sits in Cancer, it'll you have to look for where moon is sitting, which house and what it is doing there. And even the moon nakshatra. If it is sitting in Leo, Rahu in Leo, that means it'll, you have to look for where sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house. So it will bring those attributes. That's the way you have to analyze this. Okay. Let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why. Now there are some vital aspects that you need to keep in mind when evaluating Rahu and Ketu because this is important especially for people who are sort of looking for self-development to understand where they are coming from. If you are not interested in changing yourself, this entire channel is useless for you. But if you are the one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life, where do I need to go, what are my talents and you question these kinds of things, excuse the noise somebody is drilling about, so then you need to understand these aspects. Now, that's the typical chart, Indian chart. And house numbers are depicted as 1, 2, 3, 4, up till 12. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha is there. And I have stuck Rahu, Ketu as possible axis on the 1, 7. That is Aries and Libra. That is the top and the bottom. So either it can go to house number 1 or 7. Rahu, Ketu can be reversed. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Or in 4 and 10. Now 1, 4, 7 and 10 in Vedic Astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are, that define how you operate in life, throughout life. So these become crucial. Why? The 1, 7 axis effects, if Rahu and Ketu fall on there, has a direct effect on your self and other concept. 1 and 7 is self and other, how you re- relate to yourself and how you relate look at the world around you as others including the spouse, because 7th house is the house of the spouse, but also others. So how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others. So it defines who you are in a very broad sense. 1-7 axis of Rahu Ketu. The 4th, on the other hand, 4th house being the house of the mother, 10th being father, 4th being home, 10th being carrier. You see, this has a you know all kinds of implications which define who you are. The 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind. Mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the carrier, right? You dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world. Heart is your home, your home center where you feel comfortable. Home is where the heart is, that kind of a thing. So, heart and home is affected by this Rahu-Ketu axis. Again, Rahu and Ketu might be reversed. Rahu might be in the fourth, Ketu might be in the tenth or vice versa. Same way with one and seven. But these are the vital relating aspects of Rahu and Ketu. Now, what about the rest of the houses? Now, rest of the houses are called Trikona or Kona in Sanskrit, right? These are the things that come and go in your life. Let it be 2nd house, 3rd house, 5th house, 6th, 8th, ninth, 11th and 12th. These are the things that come and go in our life, through life, through your entire life. These are things that are added and subtracted from us. But this is not us. 1, 4, 7 and 10 is us. Everything else is secondary which revolves around you as life comes and goes. All other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life. That's all it is. They are less significant in terms of Rahu and Ketu when compared to 1, 7, 4, and 10 axis of Rahu and Ketu. Please remember this. When you're evaluating, you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others. Rahu is attachment, Ketu is detachment, Rahu is expansion, Ketu is reduction. And they stand opposite to each other always. Right now, let's take the cases one by one. So there number one. <coughs> We'll start with the fourth Pada of Shravana. Fourth Pada of Shravana is in Capricorn going into Cancer in Navamsha. And now Rahu is in that axis. And which Ketu on the opposite side, as you can see over there in the table, becomes in Arthapada of Cancer going into Capricorn. So now we have again one of those flips. yeah. Capricorn to Cancer, uh, natal to Navamsha in Capricorn and in Cancer it's Cancer to Capricorn Capricorn to Cancer Cancer to Capricorn so it's a reversal so this means depending upon where the dispositors are and in this case dispositors we are talking about Capricorn means Saturn Cancer means moon Now you got to understand Cancer and moon are not very good when they go together okay Cap Saturn just wants to work 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 And and Moon just wants to feel, 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 feel. So you see what I am saying. One is a workaholic. One just wants to feel good things in life. In general. There are many other things to this. But yeah, in general. so They are not very good friends there. So Capricorn Cancer Axis becomes a tussle between heart and mind. Between what the heart wants to feel and what the mind wants to achieve. In general. So this axis because it goes from cancer to capricorn and in navamsha capricorn to cancer these people may have a tendency to flip completely at some stage in their life mostly after 36 navamsha kicks in that's what they say after 36 so after 36 of years they may be completely reversal in their approach meaning if they are born as in rahu in the beginning part of their life they would be more practical in nature more of mental work and later, that same Rahu goes into cancer, so it might be all about feeling emotions, right? Ketu, on the other hand, in the beginning phase of life is detached from emotions, but later stages of life wants to get into detachment from practical things. So going from practical and less attachment to emotions to just the reverse, attachment to a lot of emotions and detachment from work-related stuff. So this can be quite a tricky for that personality to handle, right? Because they will see a reversal through events of their life, however it plays out in this. And don't underestimate Rahu and Ketu, by the way. They are very, very strong energies that play in all of us. Okay. Now let's get into Pada number 3. Now in Pada 3, Capricorn goes into Gemini in Namamsha and in uh, that is a kama and dharma, the kama and dharma axis, the kama always falls in dharma axis, the artha always falls in moksha axis, even with that one thing you can think about tons of things, implications, nakshatra by nakshatra, that's why I mark it as dharma, artha, kama and moksha because always, always, dharma always has fire signs, artha always has earth signs, kama has air signs in the navamsha and water in the moksha. I can go through the previous ones for that. Because this is a study, you need to study this and engage with it to understand it. It's an understanding, it's a science, it's highly mathematical. Okay, so Dharma, Cancer going into Sagittarius, and Kama, Capricorn going into Gemini. What does this lead? First order dispositors, Saturn where it is placed, and what is Saturn looking at? And but in the Navamsa, the dispositor for Rahu becomes Mercury. So initial stages, they might all be about working, learning things working. Later stages of life, they might become more into mental work, more intellectual in nature. At the same time, Ketu is on Cancer. So they might bring in a lot of emotion with them from the past life. But now going into Sagittarius, it might transform into a very fiery wisdom type of energy, which they need to bring in into their thinking. So this essentially teaches us to bring in wisdom into the mental thinking. Because remember, Mercury and Jupiter don't go along very well. You can see the table over there. Jupiter thinks Mercury is very superficial, whereas Mercury has no beef against Jupiter. right? See that Mercury is neutral to Jupiter. This is why the intellectual person considers wise people as wow that person is wise you know but the wise person is this person is like I don't give a deal to him So this is the way this axis works in this pada. It's a tussle between intellectual, intellectual energy and wisdom energy. It's a push and pull there in that axis. And this is important to understand as well considering the air-to-fire science because actually air and fire science support each other, right? The dispositor in the Navamsa of Ketu becomes Jupiter. Now providing that wisdom to Ketu is very powerful. So they might have lots of wisdom from past life, which they are bringing now in this life in the mature years after 36 where it matters, right? Let us see the second pada. Now, in the third Pada, or the second Pada of Sharna, sorry, we are talking about Capricorn and Taurus going into Cancer and Scorpio. So, Taurus and Scorpio axis, again, it's more of a tussle between material realms and between going into emotional depths, material depths and emotional depths. Okay, Think of it this way. So, the dispositor in the case of both chart is Saturn and Moon first half quite a difficult axis if you want to put it that way because first half Capricorn struggles with Saturn, Rahu struggles with Capricornian way of working and on the other hand is detached from emotions, the Moon, wherever the Moon is placed, whereas after 36 years of age when it hits Navamsha it goes into Taurus and Scorpio, in this case being Venus and Mars as the dispositors so you might need to see the chart where they are actually placed, the Venus and uh, Mars in the Navamsha to know where this person is shifting, to what angle, what are their desires now, what do they wish to become, what are their talents now. See, even talents change okay, through life. It's not like you have given one thing and you have got to do only one thing. This person in this axis can change in terms of talents as well. Oh, well, I thought this person was like this all along. Now he or she is doing something completely different that speaks of something like this. Okay. Going from earth to earth, but different type of signature and water to water, but again a completely different type of signature speaks loudly of the shift of talents. You might be using your talents in a completely different way now as compared to when you were doing when you were a kid. This is important to think of when you are thinking of Rahu and Ketu. And Pushya nakshatra and Shravana nakshatra. Okay, we forgot the themes of nakshatra. Shravana is about what? Listening to good advice. Shravana people have a huge issue with listening to good advice. You must have seen that. This person never listens to a good advice. I am giving this person good advice when he or she comes asking for something, but he never listens to it. She never listens to it. That's Shravana nakshatra, whereas Pushya, in Ketu, in Pusha brings a lot of wisdom from past life. Pushya is the teacher, okay, and shravanai has to sit and listen to that. Now, if a teacher is a good teacher you have in front of you, and a student doesn't sit and listen to the wise words, what uses that wisdom? It falls under fears, right? So this is the classical theme of that. Pushya is the teacher, but it is detached, Ketu is there, and in this case dispositor being Mars. It is detached from that and it wants to give advice to Taurus. It wants to become more materialistic, more practical, more earthly in things. Okay, Remember always the themes of the nakshatra. See my 27 nakshatra playlist if you are not sure. Now the first pada of Shravana. what is it? It is about Dharma, Capricorn going into Aries. The Aries is the initiator okay in this case later on stages in life this person may be inclined to initiate something shravana nakshatra people are generally wise but they need to listen to wisdom from others this this is their life theme so and ketu falling into the kama pada of pushya again who is the advisor which advice does shravana need to listen to their own ketu axis in this case right Because the advisor is within, the guru is within them. But they need to listen to it. They brought this wisdom from past life. It is going into Libra, cancer going into Libra. So in the Navamsha, you got to see where the Venus is placed. And Ketu brings wisdom of that house as Venus qualities into this life, which it must use to initiate something. See where I am going with this? Follow the reasoning and follow the logic. That will help you better to understand all of these kinds of things. Shavana and Pushya are the teacher and the disciple, really. But the access is such that the disciple is not willing to listen or not willing to obey or carry out the advice given by Pushya. Pushya knows better than Shavana. You see what I am saying? This is the duality that plays out. Okay. The next one we shall be taking Uttra Ashada Nakshatra along with the opposite. I think it will fall between Pusha and Punavasu. So let's see that. Meanwhile, keep watching. Take care, be safe.